BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And we do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk, coming your way from the VCY America Network. It's a Friday news roundup on the broadcast today. And we've got a number of stories that uh, Sandy has been busy readying and uh, compiling through the course of this week here to provide for you. And what a joy it is to uh, be able to share with you information uh, in a time of uh, uh, deceit and uh, certainly deception that abounds or uh, finding out uh, news media being paid big money not to cover certain stories. Uh, friends, we're here to uh, share with you issues that are going on to help us understand the importance of being salt and light in this day and age in which we live. It's a time of uh, great deception and matters that are going on, and uh, certainly the importance of uh, understanding if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And uh, we encourage you to stay abreast of what's happening, to uh, be understanding of what's happening in our world understanding of the times in which we live and the duty that we have as believers in Christ. Uh, there's been a lot of news this week as it pertains to the Biden document stash. And uh, from Newsmax.com, a statement that came out from Fred Flights, a former chief of staff at the National Security Council and a former CIA analyst told Newsmax, he said it wasn't an accident that classified documents turned up at President Joe Biden's think tank office, as he and his staff had decades of experience in handling such items. He also reports uh, that they have indicated that the documents included information concerning Ukraine, the United Kingdom, and Iran, and flights said that he finds the Ukraine connection particularly worrisome. Keep in mind that Hunter Biden made $11 million between 2013 and 2018 in his business to Ukraine and China, said flights. Uh, he also... Uh, commented on the timing of the leaks concerning the documents, considering that they were discovered before the midterm elections. He on Wednesday said there should be much more outrage concerning reports of Chinese funding for the Penn Biden Center. I don't know if you remember, 10 years ago, the Brookings Foundation got in a lot of trouble because it took $14 million in foreign donations from guitar, said flights. The Penn Biden Center takes $54 million in donations from China, and the media does not care. FoxNews.com also comments on this, that Attorney General Merrick Garland yesterday appointed a special counsel to investigate President Biden's handling of classified documents dating back to the Obama administration. Garland tapped Robert Hur, a former U.S. attorney, to handle the investigation. The Justice Department escalated it to a special counsel investigation from a mere review on Thursday after a second stash of classified documents found inside the garage of Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. The first documents were found outside the Washington offices of the Penn Biden Center. Uh, that is a think tank. Uh, her worked in the DOJ's uh, current, uh, rather, the criminal division investigating counterterrorism, corporate fraud, and appellate matters, Garland said. Her served as the U.S. attorney for the District of Maryland until he left office, uh, the, the DOJ, that is, in 2021. The White House Counsel's Office uh, searched Biden's two residences, uh, Rehoboth Beach and Wilmington, Delaware, this week after news of the first documents broke. White House lawyers said they immediately contacted the DOJ when they discovered that the documents inside the, the garage in Wilmington, there had been no indication of whether the documents contain or whether documents or anyone else read them after he left office as vice president. Lawyers discovered among personal and political papers a small number of additional Obama-Biden administration records with classified markings. All but one of these documents were found in storage space in the president's uh, residence garage. White House lawyers wrote in a statement on Thursday and saying one document consisting of one page discovered among stored materials in an adjacent room. WND.com also writing that so far there have been confirmation of classified government documents found in an office for a China-linked foundation that Biden used to work in his Delaware home garage, apparently next to his Corvette in a third location. A special counsel has been appointed to investigate 
how the government secrets were being stored in locations that were not legally approved. In fact, vice presidents cannot declassify material, and it's time, uh, it's a crime, that is, to mishandle it. But now there's a word on a fight over his other papers, documents from his Senate tenure as well. Matter of fact, Judicial Watch says it has filed with the Delaware Supreme Court on behalf of itself and the Daily Caller News Foundation. They're seeking to overturn a lower court's ruling that the records covering Biden's Senate career cannot be released. There's an estimated 1,850 boxes of archived records from Biden's 36 years as a member of the Senate. From townhall.com, following remarks alongside Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau and Mexican President uh, Obrador on Tuesday in Mexico City, President Biden finally broke his silence on the growing scandal surrounding his improper handling of classified documents as then former vice president. Answering questions from the press following a set of statements from the North American leaders, President Biden called on reporters from his usual pre-approved list and the Associated Press asked Biden whether he should have disclosed his alleged violation of the Presidential Records Act, given his grandstanding on the topic as a partisan line of attack against former President Donald Trump. Here's what President Biden had to say as he was meeting with the other leaders from North America. Let me get rid of the easy one first. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, in a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. And they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives. And I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've, my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives. And we're cooperating fully cooperating fully with the review, and which I hope will be finished soon, and uh, there will be more detail at that time. Very interesting comments there coming uh, from that that summit meeting that was taking place. Also, uh, President Biden confirmed with uh, uh, the correspondent from Fox News, Peter Ducey, yesterday that he kept classified documents next to his Corvette. Peter Ducey said, classified material next to your Corvette? What were you thinking? That's what he asked the president. Here's that exchange that happened yesterday. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, But as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents uh, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn, this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately notified and the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. Well, then it continued uh, chaos there until the president just walked away uh, from the microphone. Indiana Republican Jim Banks uh, echoed uh, concerns as uh, far as the timing of the ordeal. Classified documents were found at Joe Biden's think tank before the midterms. 
Why are we just finding out now, he wanted to know. As more has been divulged about President Biden's uh, possession of classified information while he was vice president, other members of his current administration have been linked to the scandal, reports Western Journal. Classified documents found at the Penn-Biden Center. And uh, as reported to Fox News, 10 members of Biden's administration were formerly employed at the think tank, including current Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Also, what's interesting uh, in this, uh, and this is from the Epic Times, uh, the timeline that all of this has unfolded. Uh, here is when things began. November 2nd. Again, folks, this was before the election. Before the election, Biden's attorneys find the files with classified markings at the Penn Biden Center. Also that same day, his attorneys notified uh, the NARA, that would be the National Archives and Records Administration. On November 3rd, the archives took possession of the documents. On the 4th of November, uh, the NARA's Inspector General's Office alerts a prosecutor with the DOJ. Still, elections have not happened yet. November 9th, though, the FBI launches assessment to determine whether any classified information was mishandled. November 14th, Garland assigns U.S. Attorney John Lausch to conduct an internal or rather an initial investigation. Then we have December 20th, Biden's lawyers inform Lausch that more documents bearing classified markings found at Biden's residence in Wilmington. FBI agents travel to the location and secure the documents. That takes us then to January 5, in which Lausch believes uh, his he briefs Garland and advises them that further investigations by a special counsel is warranted. January 9th, the White House discloses discovery of documents at the Penn Biden Center. And uh, then January 12th, Biden lawyers informed Lausch that one more document was found at Biden's home. January 12th, White House discloses discovery of documents at Wilmington residence. And January 12th, Garland appoints Richard Herr as a special counsel. All of this going on, friends. And uh, where was the American public, you know, having knowledge of all of this? And come to find out, as the Washington Free Beacon is pointing out, the very home where President Biden improperly stored a number of classified documents. Well, it was also Hunter Biden's residency for a number of years. A Washington Free Beacon review of the younger Biden's laptop uh, concluded, according to the government documents stored on the personal uh, computer, Hunter Biden lived in the uh, years 2018 and 2019 at the Wilmington, Delaware home where his father had classified materials stored in the garage. It's unclear precisely when the documents were put in the garage or when Hunter Biden began living in the residence. But in May of 2018, the president's son was issued a Delaware driver's license, listing his father's home as the primary residence. Many are asking, um, you know, where is the raid going to take place uh, upon the Biden administration as it happened uh, with Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago? And uh, certainly uh, there's going to be more information that's going to be uh, coming forth from all of this as well. And uh, so we'll continue to monitor what takes place with all of this. You're tuned to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. And friends, we're going to be back in just one minute here with more news on our News Roundup Friday. to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what caused the Ice Age? Chris, as near as we can tell, the Ice Age came after the flood, kind of an after-effect of the flood caused by the flood itself. The primary cause of the Ice Age was that snow accumulated in vast quantities and did not melt, as it piled up and turned into ice and began to flow as glaciers. The real need for enhanced snowfall is more evaporation from the ocean waters, and this would have happened if the ocean waters were warmer. We see from Scripture that the founds of the great deep brought up superheated waters from deep inside the earth. I suspect that the flood waters were significantly warmer than today. This evaporation provided the raw material for the Ice Age. Even though the Ice Age isn't mentioned by name in Scripture, it is animated. Even the Ice Age goes back to Genesis. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. 
It's a Friday News Roundup here today on Crosstalk. Thanks for tuning in to the VCY America Network as we keep you informed. Looking forward to a number of programs next week. Here is Alex Newman scheduled to return on Crosstalk next week, as well as uh, looking forward to having Dr. Erwin Lutzer with us on the broadcast. Pastor Jim Harden as well. Uh, his was the Buffalo Center, the Pro-Life Center that was uh, firebombed. Uh, he is going to be uh, uh, joining us as well next week, and we've got a lot of great programs and topics that are lined up. Well, friends, uh, as we continue our news roundup today, the National Review reporting that the House Oversight Committee has asked former Twitter executives to testify at a hearing next month on the platform's censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story in October of 2020. At that time, Twitter banned the New York Post story on the laptop under its hacked materials policy. Very interesting. Well, now committee chairman James Comer has asked former Twitter officials to testify about this decision. From the New American, in his acceptance speech just after midnight this past Saturday, newly elected Speaker of the House, Representative Kevin McCarthy, claimed that my ultimate responsibility is not to my party, my conference, or even our Congress. My responsibility is to my our country. Uh, McCarthy stated we could commit to stop wasteful Washington spending, to lower the price of groceries, and stop the rising national debt. We pledge to cut the regulatory burden, lower energy costs for families, and create good-paying jobs for workers by unleashing reliable, abundant American-made energy. And then he got specific, saying that our first bill would be repeal funding for the 87,000 new IRS agents because the government should be here to help you and not go after you, he said. And then he went on to say we're going to pass bills to fix the nation's urgent Challenges from the wide-open southern border to America last energy policies to woke indoctrination in our schools. He promised to create committees to pursue the truth. No more one-sided inquiries. The Daily Signal telling us that the new Republican-controlled House approved a sweeping rules package Monday night that could rein in the bureaucracy, control government spending, even put top lawmakers' leadership in jeopardy. It was uh, passed uh, 220 to 213. Uh, there is uh, one of the aspects of the rule change is to uh, a motion to vacate the chair. This has gained a lot of attention, allowing a single House member to make a motion to vacate the chair, meaning any member of the majority party could force a vote to remove the House Speaker. It actually restores a longstanding rule, however. Also, to control spending and taxing, uh, it's going to require a separate House vote to increase the debt limit. McCarthy also agreed to allow House members to vote separately on spending bills for separate cabinet-level departments like agriculture and defense to avoid forcing members to take up or down votes on omnibus packages. And uh, the, the uh, House rules would also require a supermajority of four, the 435 lawmakers to pass an increase in the federal income tax rates. Well, let's see. Also, the new House rules call for a resolution to establish a special uh, select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government in order to look into alleged uh, the politicizing of the FBI, the IRS and other government agencies. Uh, another one says um, tackling the swamp that reinstitutes the Holman rule to rein in the federal bureaucracy. And how do you like this one? To review bills for 72 hours. It requires 72 hours of notice before voting on new legislation as a means to try and eliminate backroom deals. This would also give lawmakers time to read the legislation. Isn't that just a novel idea? So many bills came forth. So many bills came forth in which uh, individuals would just get the bills and, and have to vote on them immediately. I mean, sometimes many hundreds of pages, thousands of pages. Well, as just the news pointed out, on Monday, indeed, the House of Representatives did pass uh, legislation to repeal funding for 87,000 new IRS agents, and uh, the lower chamber voted along party lines, 221 to 210. Uh, LifeNews.com tells us that the House of Representatives has voted in favor of forming a new subcommittee chaired by pro-life Representative Jim Jordan to investigate the weaponization of the FBI and the Department of Justice. The call for the new panel came as the FBI has arrested two dozen uh, pro-life advocates for peacefully protesting abortion while dragging its feet on over 250 cases of pro-abortion violence against pregnancy centers and churches. Congressman Jim Jordan looking to get to the bottom of this. 
Western Journal reporting that House Republicans have fired uh, their first shot at the Biden administration, filing impeachment charges against Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. We have the impeachment process in two steps. First, the House must decide whether an official should be charged. Then a trial is conducted in the Senate on those charges. Given that the House has a GOP majority, the Senate has a Democratic majority. Conviction on the charges would require Senate Democrats to join forces with House Republicans. But uh, this is the process that must be taken. Okay, uh, let's see. This uh, coming to us from... um, LifeSiteNews.com, and this in regard to the committee that Jim Jordan is going to be engaged in, is uh, going to target the politicizing of the FBI and also look into Anthony Fauci and his approach to COVID misinformation and disinformation, the Justice Department's interaction with local school boards on masking and other COVID policies, and the Department of Homeland Security's failed effort to create a disinformation governance board. Many of these issues uh, taking place and uh, really coming together here soon to start investigating all of these uh, uh, edicts, these policies that have been put into place. Daily Signal reporting President Joe Biden traveled to the southern border last weekend, marking the first time that he's done so since taking office. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott hand-delivered a letter to Biden after Air Force One touched down at the El Paso International Airport. In that letter, it begins by saying your visit to our southern border with Mexico today is 20 billion too little and two years too late. Abbott told Biden in the letter that his visit avoids the sites where mass illegal immigration occurs and added that the city that the president visits has been sanitized of the migrant camps which had overrun downtown El Paso because your administration wants to shield you from the chaos that Texans experience on a daily basis. City officials dismantled homeless migrant encampments in El Paso ahead of Biden's visit. Abbott called on Biden to take a series of actions to secure the southern border, including us uh, to stop sandbagging the implementation of the Remain in Mexico policy, aggressively prosecute illegal entry between ports of entry, and to allow ICE to remove illegal immigrants in accordance with existing federal law and immediately resume construction of the border wall. But CNSNews.com tells us that the Mexican president, Andreas Manuel Lopez Obrador, on Tuesday praised President Biden for not having built even one meter of the wall along the U.S.-Mexico border, noting that it's a situation that the conservatives do not like. Okay, let's look at Judicial Watch. They report that while the nation's federal air marshals are busy on the Mexican border providing illegal immigrants with welfare checks, transportation, and other basic services, Al-Qaeda is planning attacks in the U.S. involving planes. That's according to high-level Department of Homeland Security sources. Judicial Watch obtained from uh, government sources a copy of the new intelligence alert delivered on December 31, 2022. The caption of the widely circulated warning reads, Al-Qaeda says upcoming attacks on U.S. possibly involving planes will use new techniques and tactics. The threat could not come at a worse time as the Biden administration leaves aircraft at risk by sending 150 to 200 federal air marshals monthly to the southern border to help deal with what he calls a surge in irregular migration. The deployments will continue indefinitely, according to multiple federal air marshals. And um, the specially trained aviation security specialists are outraged over this as well. Well, Breitbart is telling us that uh, Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs is proposing a state-funded scholarship program with $40 million in taxpayer money to help illegal aliens attend state universities and colleges. The article says in their inaugural address, Hobbs vowed to expand the Arizona Promise Scholarship Program, which helps low-income students pay tuition and fees to attend universities while creating the Promise for Dreamers Scholarship Program that will cover all students, regardless of immigration status, who attend a public university. The move comes after Arizona voters approved a Republican law uh, that... uh, Uh, I should say a Republican-led law that gives in-state tuition to illegal aliens. The vote reversed a ban on in-state tuition for illegals that was imposed in the year 2006. From WND.com, three extremist Democrats, Representative Adam Schiff, Ilhan Omer, and Eric Swalwell, 
are being removed from their congressional committee assignments by Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who as leader of the new GOP majority in the House is keeping campaign promises. He confirmed that the Democrats will not be serving on the committees that they served on previously. Uh, the report noted the reasons Eric Swalwell famously had a relationship with a Chinese spy, Fang Fang. Ilhan Omer broke federal immigration laws when she married her brother. Adam Schiff is a serial liar and a favorite of the far-left mainstream media. End of quote. McCarthy already had promised, or rather pointed out, that Stalwell, Swalwell can get a security clearance in the private sector, and Schiff has lied too many times to the American people. Congressman Paul Gozar put out a release indicating that uh, he's issued statements following the House Joint Resolution 7, which is a resolution to terminate Joe Biden's COVID-19 national emergency power. Did you know President Biden just extended the pandemic, the emergency, for another 90 days? Another 90 days? And uh, Paul Gosar is trying to put a stop to this. He's saying with the 118th Congress now underway, the first piece of legislation I again introduced is a joint resolution terminating the now obsolete COVID-19 national emergency declaration repeatedly extended by Biden. Emergency powers were created to give the executive branch flexibility to respond to a range of crises facing the United States. Importantly, Emergency declarations require Congress to meet every six months to consider whether the emergency should be extended or terminated. By any measure, the pandemic in the United States has ended. He said even Joe Biden agrees, stating on 60 Minutes that's in September that the pandemic is over. So why does Joe Biden continue to demand the COVID-19 national emergency be extended? The answer is simple, to force Americans to live under extreme measures that deprive us of our freedoms. There's no ongoing COVID-19 emergency to justify the continuation of the National Emergency Declaration. And friends, again, as we mentioned, that the emergency has just been extended another 90 days by the Biden administration. Epoch Times is reporting that uh, authorities in Australia's largest state, well, now they're saying they're going to stop reporting the vaccination status of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 after their latest report showed zero unvaccinated patients. Vaccination status of cases admitted to hospital, admitted to ICU, and those who die will no longer be reported, the New South Wales government said in a recent overview of surveillance data from the two weeks through December 31st. The report showed that of the 1,779 patients admitted to hospitals with a COVID-19 diagnosis during the week's Uh, 79.5% were confirmed as receiving at least one vaccine dose and zero were confirmed as unvaccinated. Isn't that amazing? But because the hospitalizations of COVID uh, patients no longer contains unvaccinated, well, we're going to start, stop, you know, reporting those numbers any longer. Friends, it's pretty troubling to see what is going on here. Uh, It is very one-sided, and when it doesn't fit the narrative, then we change the rules. Happens like that all the time. We're up against a break. We'll be back in just one minute. This is Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. VCY invites you to obtain an audio recording of the Gospel according to John as narrated by Brad Canterbury. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John's Gospel, presenting the words of Jesus, the way of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever... You can share this as a gift or for listening over and over on your daily commute. VCY America is making available this narrated Gospel of John on two CDs for a donation of $12. Call during business hours, 1-800-729-9829. That's 800-729-9829. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name.
You're tuned to Crosstalk on VCY America. It's a Friday News Roundup today. Let me just get through a few more issues before we open up phone lines today on the broadcast. WesternJournal.com reporting that the Air Force Academy and its football team lost one of their own Monday following a medical emergency. Cadet third class Hunter Brown, an offensive lineman for the Falcons, was on his way to class from his dorm when he suddenly collapsed, according to Fox News. First responders made an attempt to revive the 21-year-old sophomore, but their efforts were unsuccessful. Friends, the grief that is happening all over this world and athletes that are just dropping to the ground. So many deaths are taking place, even entertainers and um, those involved in um, uh, Hollywood and actresses and so forth. Uh, shocking what is taking place. Uh, also, we have from American Military News, a 20-year-old player on Colorado College's men's tennis team recently died in his sleep. The first of two college athletes to unexpectedly die in the span of a of a week. This is uh, an individual, uh, Jack Madison, sophomore from Bexley, Ohio, died in his sleep while at home from college January 2nd, the college's athletic department announced. And then, of course, the Air Force Academy football player that suddenly died on his way to class on Monday, tragedy after tragedy across this nation. CBN News is reporting that a key committee of the World Health Organization is moving ahead with plans to demand vaccine passports for global travel. The WHO's International Health Regulations Review Committee is meeting this week to finalize amendments, and Matt Staver mentioned that the other day, to its international health regulations, including the passports. The 76th World Health Assembly, scheduled to occur in May of 2023, and the IHRRC is pushing for the World Health Conference to institute a system of digital or paper global health vaccine passports, according to Liberty Council, a Christian religious rights law firm. The controversial passport proposal could be adopted by a simple majority of the 194 member nations. Matt Staver said America's sovereignty is not for sale. Digital health or vaccine passports, along with tracking and tracing apps, present a serious threat to freedom. Vaccine passports and tracking apps are about collecting data and control. COVID has been used to advance this dangerous threat to freedom, Staver said. From WND.com, colleges and universities that are faith-based are being warned by a former Department of Education official that the Joe Biden administration, which has pursued transgenderism and abortion as two of its primary agenda points, could be coming after them. The warning is from Bob Idle, the uh, head of the uh, Defense of Freedom Institute and a former senior counselor to the Secretary of Education. His concern was documented in a report at the Washington Examiner, which cited the federal bureaucracy's announcement that it will resist regulations issued under the Trump administration concerning accreditation, student loans, and more. The Biden administration has moved aggressively against Christians in several ways, trying to force doctors and nurses of faith, as well as faith-based institutions, to do the body-mutilating transgender surgeries, as well as abortions. The TheNewAmerican.com. Canceling the Keystone XL pipeline costs the United States tens of thousands of jobs and billions of dollars in economic activity. The Biden administration belatedly confessed last month. According to Fox News, the Department of Energy released a paper in late December without any public announcement stating that the pipeline project would have created up to 59,000 jobs and would have had a positive economic impact of up to $9.6 billion. Unfortunately, President Joe Biden, bowing to radical environmental activists, canceled the project's permits on his first day in office, drawing criticism not just from Republicans, but also from labor union allies who did not appreciate his destructive destruction, that is, of thousands of anticipated union jobs. The Daily Signal reporting a letter signed by leaders of more than 40 pro-life organizations has been sent to every Republican member of Congress urging action on eight pro-life related bills. The letter from pro-life leaders sent Tuesday outlined six policy actions that Congress should take to move toward the uh, the letter calls the ultimate goal of every person being protected and welcomed in both life and law from conception. Passage of things like the Heartbeat Protection Act, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Under this, um, children born alive after botched abortions would be required to receive the same medical attention as any other child. 
also protecting individuals with Down Syndrome Act, Save Moms and Babies Act, the No Taxpayer Funding for Abortion Act, Abortion Insurance Full Disclosure Act, Protecting Life and Taxpayers Act, and Conscience Protection Act as well. Doctors and other medical professionals who refuse to perform abortions would be given the legal authority to refuse to provide or assist with the procedure under the Conscience Protection Act. Okay, also from LifeSiteNews.com, we find that in one of the first acts of the new Congress, the Republican-led House tallied their votes Wednesday to pass two pro-life initiatives. One would secure legal protections for babies born alive after botched abortions. The other would articulate the House's condemnation of attacks on pregnancy centers. Lord willing, will be involved uh, later on uh, Tuesday, next week on Crosstalk, concerning those matters. Okay, uh, then we also have uh, the House approved a resolution to protect pregnancy centers. Nearly all the Democrats on in the House uh, uh, voted against that. Again, Lord willing, on Tuesday we'll delve more into that issue. From LifeNews.com, uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker called for a state constitutional amendment Monday that would make killing unborn babies for any reason up to birth a protected right. Speaking about plans for his second term, the Democrat governor insisted that creating a constitutional right to abortion is necessary to fight back against extremists. That's pro-life advocates who want to protect unborn babies' lives. The extremists still want to take a woman's right to choose, and I don't intend to let them. That's why, yet again, on women's rights, Illinois will lead, Pritzker said. From townhall.com. The Arkansas governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, issued some sweeping executive orders on day number one. Every day for the next four years, I will devote every ounce of my energy and every piece of my heart to making Arkansas the greatest state in America. So help me God, pledged Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders in the inaugural address just after being sworn in on Tuesday. Uh, She's the first woman to lead the state, now the youngest governor currently serving in the U.S. And after... uh, Taking the oath, she was going to waste no time in implementing conservative principles. She um, took some actions to end use of the culturally insensitive word Latinx by the government, prohibited the promulgation of unnecessary rules and regulations that burden businesses, to review the Department of Education to identify any items that may purposefully or otherwise promote teaching that would indoctrinate students with ideologies like critical race theory that conflict with the principles of equal protection under the law. Also, uh, based upon individuals' color, creed, race, ethnicity, sex, age, marital status, status, family status, etc., and uh, other actions that she is taking as new governor as well. And then also to protect state information and communications technology from the influence of adversarial foreign governments, including a prohibition on the installation of connection to use of TikTok on any state network or state-issued information or communications technology device. FoxNews.com reporting more than a dozen House Democrats this week proposed an amendment to the Constitution to allow 16-year-olds to vote in an apparent attempt to make it easier to enact left-leaning policies like gun control and pro-environment measures. Interesting indeed. Uh, Here from WND.com. Complications from extreme winter weather conditions are at least partly to blame for a feed crisis confronting California-based poultry producer Foster Farms. The shortage of feed, which is blamed on Union Pacific Rail delivery failures, imperiled uh, both chickens and cattle, the company said in a December 29th petition to the Service Transportation Board for Emergency Assistance. The point has again been reached where the hundreds of thousands of dairy cattle are not being fed and when millions of chickens will starve to death because of UP's service failures, Foster Farms said in the petition. A day later, the U.S. freight rail regulator ordered Union Pacific to deliver five trains of feed between December 31st and January 3rd. Union Pacific says it did so. However, Foster Farms said only one of the trains arrived as scheduled. The company says it was diverting cattle feed to the chickens since chickens are smaller and would die before the cattle. Union Pacific has blamed its delivery delays on the weather. But a big American farm sounds the alarm. Livestock numbering in millions could soon starve to death. Let's go to LifeSiteNews.com. The story of the Dutch farmers' protest, an inspiration to us all. 
We saw uh, back in October of 2021, Dutch farmers uh, protesting against their government. Uh, The Netherlands of Europe's largest exporter of meat and the second largest food exporter in the world. And uh, they've uh, been making attempts to preserve their livelihood, yet farmers are winning right now. They've won concessions from the the government, both regionally and nationally, and they have founded what's called the Farmer Citizen Movement. And uh, they are being the second largest exporter of food worldwide. And uh, very interesting to see what's taking place here, but creating their own political party and uh, doing rather well in the polls at this time. FoxNews.com tells us that dozens of House Democrats joined Republicans yesterday to pass legislation that would prevent the Biden administration from selling any more oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China or Chinese-owned companies. Friends, did you know that was taking place? That the oil that has been taken from our Strategic Petroleum Reserve has been being sold to China? To Communist China and Chinese-owned companies? Well, the House passed the bill 331 to 97. Every Republican voted for it, as did 113 Democrats. More than half of the House Democratic Caucus joined the GOP. The Washington Free Beacon telling us that President Biden promised to refill America's emergency oil reserves at a low enough price to actually make money for the taxpayers. But now his energy department says prices are too high to do so, ensuring that the country's emergency reserves are going to be remaining low. The Biden administration last week rejected all offers it received to purchase oil for the country's dwindling reserves because those offers were either too expensive or did not meet the required specifications. The move comes just weeks after the White House said it would turn a profit for the taxpayers by buying up to three million reserve barrels at reduced cost, which Biden's Energy Department pledged to obtain by February. But his failure to follow through on the purchases means that America's strategic petroleum reserve will remain at its lowest level since 1983. Well, friends, today we'd like to open up our phone lines. If you'd like to comment on any of these or other current event stories today, our telephone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Your comment on these, or there's been a whole lot of uh, issues that are going on across the nation today, and if you want to bring them to our attention today, pick up your phone and give a call. Uh, by the way, just a reminder to be praying for Karen Mueller. She was on Crosstalk recently. She'll be having her case before the Wisconsin Supreme Court coming up here in the coming week. And uh, we'll have a huge uh, impact uh, here as it relates to uh, things like medical health and uh, government overreach and and so much more. So be praying for Karen Mueller as she will be having uh, that coming up here in the days to come. Also, just uh, before the break, let me mention that Newsmax is reporting that a proposed Republican House bill would prohibit any flags other than the American flag from being flown over the U.S. embassies and consulates. Introduced Monday by South Carolina Republican Jeff Duncan, the Old Glory Only Act would prohibit any flag other than the American flag to be flown over U.S. embassies and consulates after Joe Biden allowed other flags representing the LGBTQ plus and Black Lives Matter movements to be flown. Our beautiful flag, O Glory, should be the only flag flying and representing our country over our diplomatic and consular posts worldwide, Duncan said. We'll be back in just a minute. Our phone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. We'll be right back. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. In 2006, Ben Gavir was stopped by police trying to do what? Make an animal sacrifice over Passover on the Temple Mount. That was 2006. In 2017, Ben Gavir, as an attorney, represented returning to the Mount activist who also wanted to perform a Passover sacrifice on the Temple Mount. Well, guess what? Ben Gavir is now in charge of the police on the Temple Mount. Yes, he's in the Benjamin Netanyahu government. Folks, this is getting very interesting. And a group of people are now asking his permission to have an animal sacrifice this coming April on the Temple Mount. He's already tried doing it himself back in 2006. Represented a group in 2017. What do you think he'll say? It fits in with Bible prophecy. 
as the nation of Israel is said, according to the book of Daniel, will go back to animal sacrifice. Stay tuned. It's a Friday News Roundup on Crosstalk today. And if you'd like to comment on uh, the stories that we brought to your attention today or other current event news, our number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. Let's uh, begin with uh, CJ calling in from Florida. Hi, CJ. You're on the air. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my question is, I'm just wondering how many of the people that recently died, the young people, the uh, athletes, how many of them, they had heart issues, how many of them had the um, vaccine, or if we're ever going to find out that fact or the truth about the matter. Yeah, that's it. Thanks yeah, so th- much. Thank you. And yeah, that's a question many have. How many, how will we find out that information? We're finding that that uh, there is uh, a cardiac arrest that are happening or uh, cardiac activities uh, taking place that are causing this uh, phenomena to happen. Uh, will we get to the bottom of it? I know that uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci had uh, just laughed it off, basically, when some were raising that uh, that very question. So uh, time will tell as it relates uh, to that matter. But uh, I find it interesting that, uh, you know, was it uh, Australia just saying, no, we're not going to keep certain records any longer or be reporting how many are now hospitalized who, who with COVID who've had the COVID jab? Because the, the last reports were there were none hospitalized that had not received the jab, only those who had received the shot. So we'll continue to find that out. And uh, Lord willing, we will have a uh, another medical doctor with us here in the next couple of weeks to address more of these uh, matters as well. Uh, the Daily Signal is reporting that along party lines, lawmakers overwhelmingly voted Tuesday in favor of creating a new select committee that's going to be focusing on investigating and countering the threat of the Chinese Communist Party. The resolution aimed at creating the select committee on the strategic competitive uh, competition between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party, also known as the Select Committee on China, Past 365 to 65. Very interesting indeed. It's time to push back against the Chinese Communist Party's aggression in bipartisan fashion and today's overwhelming bipartisan vote to create the Select Committee on the CCP, an important first step that uh, in that direction, said Mike Gallagher, congressman from Wisconsin. Interesting indeed. Uh, Governor Christy Noam of uh, the state of South Dakota is slamming the January 6th committee for publishing nearly 2,000 Social Security numbers, including her own. About 1,900 Social Security numbers belonging to at least three Republican governors and several Trump cabinet members and allies were released in a recent document dump by the January 6th committee, which now disbanded, by the way. According to the Washington Post, which first broke the story, the Social Security numbers were buried in a massive cache on a spreadsheet of the White House visitor logs for a day in December 2020. The spreadsheet was taken down as uh, an updated version then put up with the Social Security numbers uh, that were redacted. The GPO did not apparently notify anyone whose Social Security numbers were leaked, but among those who have suffered apparent release of their Social Security numbers are Governors Greg Abbott of Texas, uh, Henry McMasters of South Carolina, and also Christy Noam of uh, South Dakota. Social Security numbers for the Trump-era Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar and Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson were also apparently published. Um, This is an interesting story as well coming from... um, American greatness, and that is Ruby Freeman, the notorious election worker who was caught on surveillance video engaging in highly suspicious activity during the 2020 elections in Atlanta, Georgia, was awarded the Presidential Citizens Medal at the White House during a White House ceremony recognizing the second anniversary of the January 6th riot. Biden honored Freeman, her supervisor daughter, Shea Morse, Amos, that is, and 10 other individuals. Uh, they were seen on the surveillance video pulling boxes filled with ballots out from under a table at a State Farm arena after supervisors had told poll workers that they had quit for the night. So what do you do? You get a special presidential award. Western Journal reporting that uh, the Department of Homeland Security is leaving many of its facilities and networks vulnerable to outside threats 
In a December report, the Department's Office of the Inspector General raised the alarm about personal identity verification cards that remain in the hands of former DHS employees. Tens of thousands of these cards have gone without deactivation after their holders left DHS, according to The Intercept. The cards allow staff to enter sensitive, secure facilities and to access internal data networks, the publication had reported. We have from the Daily Caller News Foundation, a subsidiary of the Chinese state-run energy firm, signed a deal to extract oil in the Taliban-run Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. Uh, This is uh, Petroleum and Gas, a subsidiary of the state-run Chinese National Petroleum Corporation, will invest up to $150 million annually. That will increase to $554 million in three years to pump in the Amu River oil basin. That's according to a statement released by the Taliban government. Okay, also let me just mention here... um, Yeah, Governor Ron DeSantis is putting the kibosh on Chinese uh, investors purchasing property in Florida. Uh, On Tuesday, Governor DeSantis gave the first news conference of his second gubernatorial term, addressing the importance of protecting Florida, outlining the state's plans for environmental conservation. Interesting indeed, trying to protect the citizens of the state of Florida. I'm uh, going to have one last caller in here today. This is Chad calling in from Ohio. Hi, Chad. You're on the air. Hi. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I just uh, just had a quick comment. Uh, doesn't it seem like we keep finding proof on all these matters, and the aggravating part is nothing ever seems to come out of it. I mean, why is that that, you know, we have proof, the, you know, the, the Hunter's laptop and and the classified documents that Biden now, but, but, you know, I just about bet that nothing will ever come out of it. And why is that? I mean, I think we know why that is, but isn't that just funny? Yeah, it is uh, very ironic how quickly it is to jump after any sign of anybody on the right side of the aisle, so to speak, but uh, very very silent otherwise. And uh, you're exactly right. Uh, There is a double standard that's taking place here. A double standard not only coming from government agencies like from the FBI and the DOJ's office, but also uh, coming from news media and uh, other entities as well. We're out of time. Thank you, Chad, for the call. Friends, uh, much happening in our world today. We thank you for stopping by for Crosstalk today to stay informed on a number of issues that are confronting our nation right now. And trust you'll continue to be praying for our nation, be praying for our world. It's a world that's in chaos right now. And friends, one of the ways to get started is to be sure that you're under the preaching of God's Word. May you be in a Bible-preaching church this Lord's Day. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.